Amen. We do serve a mighty God this morning. Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning at Broadway Baptist. If you're new here, if this is maybe your first time or second time, if you would, there's a connection card on the edge of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in. If you simply rip that off, fill it out, and you can drop that in our offering plate or in the black box of the information or the welcome center, excuse me, at the back of our sanctuary. That's just our way of getting a little more information about you and how we can best serve you and your family in the coming days here at Broadway. Um, we hope you're paying attention to the announcements in your bulletin and on the screens as you come in. One thing that we do want to highlight, if you have not picked up your prayer cards the past couple weeks, we have got those on the Welcome Center desk. Uh, and that's simply our church's way of uniting in prayer as we look forward to our June 2nd launch of our Broadway 1109 Contemporary Service. Uh, so we'd encourage you to pick those up. There's three out right now, and there will be another one coming out next Sunday morning for our fourth week of this uh, prayer uh, movement that we are starting here. So we encourage you to pick one of those up. Again, we're just excited that you're here to worship with us. We're excited about what God's going to do this morning and excited to see how he moves in and among us. I'm going to go ahead and bring up Zach Bauer, our minister of students. He's going to lead us uh, in a scripture reading uh, as a call to worship. It's Psalm 139 if you'd like to follow along with him. Please stand for the reading of the word. I'll be reading Psalm 139 in its entirety. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, there are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. 
Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Remain standing as we sing Love is a Theme. rejoicing today because of that supreme love that you would love all mankind regardless of who we are. You would love us so much that you would send your son, the only one of his kind, to die on Calvary's cross that we might have redemption, forgiveness of all of our sins. Father, when we think of Gethsemane, 
when we think of the cross and you took all the sins of the world upon your back to your son, the Lord Jesus. And because of that shed blood, we have the hope of the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Father, for those that shared your word with us that we might come to a saving knowledge of thee. Thank you for this church, her ministries, the people that make up this body of believers. Guide us in the days that are ahead. Some transitions coming up, Lord. And we just pray that you would lead us smoothly through these transitions and it would work for your honor and for your glory. We pray for our pastor as he leads us this morning. We pray, Father, for those that are burdened and heavy laden today. Some may be feeling, how can I go on? And they've come this morning to hear a special word from you. Father, speak to those hearts. We pray for those that have never come to know your saving Lord, that this would be the hour of decision for them and the beginning of a new life forevermore, forever and evermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It's good to see everyone uh, today. At this time, we're going to have our graduate recognition. I'll begin first with our uh, high school graduates, and then Chris uh, will lead the time for our college uh, graduates. So at this time, I know a couple are here, and the third one is on his way. <laughs> I think, oh, he's here. All right, all right. So at this time, would Lucas Crawford, uh, Tyler Graham, and Abigail Wiedekamp uh, come to the stage, please? to see you all um, this morning. Where are I? So uh, we'll begin with Lucas, uh, Lucas Crawford. Uh, he is a graduate of Mail High School in Louisville, and he is, his plans are going to trade school to become an electrician. So uh, we are excited and proud of Lucas. Uh, Lucas, you know, on a personal note, you know, he comes from Louisville pretty often to come and, and be a part of things we do as a church and a youth group. So uh, we, and he, is, of course, is a baptized member of Broadway, so uh, we are proud of Lucas, and we're excited for you. So, Lucas, on behalf of Broadway Baptist Church and the student ministry, uh, here is a, uh, a very nice uh, Bible for you. <laughs> Next, we have Tyler Graham, uh, or James Tyler Graham, uh, but uh, we are... Uh, proud and excited of Tyler. Tyler, you've been here at Broadway pretty much your whole life, right? So um, uh, Tyler recently had knee surgery, so he was able to get up on stage. We're, we're glad about that. But he is a graduate of Lafayette High School, and he plans on attending UK uh, to study engineering. Uh, so we're excited for Tyler. We're very proud of him. Um, and Tyler, on behalf of Broadway Baptist Church, 
and the student ministry, congratulations. <laughs> Lastly, we have Abigail Wiedekamp. Uh, Abigail is a graduate of West Jessamine High School, and she plans on going to WKU to say, you said, uh, secondary education? Elementary education. So uh, we are excited and proud of her. She, of course, has been here every single week uh, helping so much in our children's ministry with Sherry Lyons. Uh, I know just an asset that we are so thankful for and uh, has such a heart for service uh, for uh, the ministries here. So Abigail, on behalf of Broadway Baptist Church and the student ministry, congratulations. Thank you all. Thank you all. You may be seated. And Chris, at this time. Well, this time it's my honor to go ahead and call our four college graduates up to the platform. Uh, Haley Lyons, Pascaline Jubin, Clark Smith, and Caitlin Strange. If you all go ahead and come up. start over here with Pascaline. This is Pascaline Jubin. She is graduating from Kentucky State University. Pascaline is graduating from Kentucky State University. Haley <laughs> right. uh, Lines is over here on your left. Uh, Haley is graduating from Bluegrass Community and Technical College. Uh, and she is pursuing her bachelor's degree at Morehead State University. Clark is unable to be here this morning, but Clark Smith is graduating from Center College, and his mother Susan, uh, if I could go ahead and have you come accept this Bible with me, Kurt. is Caitlin Strange. Caitlin is graduating from Spencerian College. So ladies, on behalf of Broadway Baptist Church, we want to congratulate you on all your hard work and tell you that we're proud of you and that we know God has big plans for you. Would you give them a round of applause and congratulations? mention the name Jesus, what comes to mind? Love? Relationship? The name of Jesus uh, applies in many ways. This next song that the choir is going to sing, I hope you'll listen as we sing at the name of Jesus.
Testament blessings, tithes, and offerings to grow your kingdom. Lord, just use your nation of will and thank you again for being having the ability to be a cheerful giver, Lord. Thank you for this day. In your name we pray. Amen.
have your Bibles, open up to the book of John, John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 20 through 36 there. Also, if you, um, if you came in and you have your bulletin, you, wanna, you should have a bulletin insert there. You want to pull your bulletin insert out. We're going to reference that later on here. Uh, we are um, going to be looking here at a passage of Scripture that is very powerful and really sh reminding us of the question of, sir, we want to see Jesus. That's a direct quote out of the Bible we're going to see here of some Greeks who came to Jesus and they requested to see Jesus. We're also going to look here at the passage about how Jesus reveals to us that when he is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. And then there's a question that's asked we're going to look at. We're breaking this down in three sections. Who is the Son of Man? So we're going to answer all of those questions with that. So I... Um, while you turn there in your Bibles, yesterday we had a fantastic speaker at our men's prayer breakfast, and his name was Courtney Love. Now, we put out here on our church marquee, Courtney Love. Two people asked me if Kurt Cobain's wife is going to come here. Now, I'm going to be truthful. I hadn't thought, there's a band uh, called Nirvana. I hadn't thought of them in 20 years. Nirvana was a, uh, like a grunge rock band from Seattle in the early 1990s. 
And uh, it was a tra- tragic band. Kurt Cobain, um, he passed away, I think, in 1994. I hadn't even thought of Nirvana in 20 years until the sign was out here. And people were asking about Courtney Love. Well, Kurt Cobain married a lady named Courtney Love. And she, her lifestyle, she wouldn't be a speaker at a church, based on what I read about, <laughs> read about her. Unless you get saved, but um, then she comes to speak at church. But... Uh, I was reading about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and the, about their story because it had been a while since I had even thought of them. Um, and you know, it's funny, the generation behind me, they don't even know who Nirvana is. They have no idea who Kurt Cobain uh, even was. But um, I was reading about this man's life and uh, he was real talented, a singer and guitar player, just had very uh, overwhelming and unexpected success in his early to mid-twenties. And what happened was the drummer, after he passed away, he, he tragically committed suicide in 1994. And they saw him going down, the, the band saw Mr. Cobain going down this road that was going to lead to death. He was involved in very heavy drug use. And he, was, he just couldn't even cope each day. And, and it was even getting into April of 1994. And before it even happened, the drummer, his name was Dave Grohl, said of Kurt Cobain, Sometimes, this is the drummer for Nirvana, so he knew him closely. He said, sometimes you just can't save someone from themselves. As if there is no way this guy, Kurt Cobain, he was going down this road that he, he can't save himself from himself. That is a humanistic perspective on how to overcome addiction and problems. And when you're going down a road, you, you can't save yourself. And what happened here is that way of thinking is like Mr. Cobain got past the point of no return with his lifestyle. And he probably was if he was just a, from secular mindset without Christ. And what we're going to see here in this scripture is the Bible's going to teach us that Jesus came and he was lifted up on a cross. He came for you and I. He came to save the Kurt Cobains of this world. Now, Mr. Cobain, he had four years of incredible success with his band Nirvana in the early 90s. All his albums, they went to number one. And I mean, he was a garage, garage he playing guitar in his garage and just had over, literally overnight success. But I believe we live in a city and we live in a country surrounded with Kurt Cobains. People who are in this lifestyle who do not know what to do. They're going down a road that they can't save themselves. And the Bible says you can't save yourselves. And that accurately is scriptures we're going to see here. We're going to see here Jesus is the one who was sacrificed. Jesus is the one who went to the cross. And our response is we respond to Jesus' sacrifice. So turn your Bible. John chapter 12, verse 20. We're going to read three different sections right here in this scripture. We're going to read the first Uh, First five, six verses through verse 26. Verse 20, it says, Now some Greeks were among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip. Now, background information. The festival is the Passover festival. This is about a week before Jesus is crucified. So we're coming into Jerusalem, and lots of folks are coming into the city to observe the Passover festival. the, uh, The city's population is booming. So some Greeks, who are Greeks? Greeks are people who would be considered Gentiles. They are not Jewish, but they're fascinated with Jesus. 
Jesus has a ministry that's drawing people. Jesus is healing people. He had recently just raised Lazarus from the dead. And what happens here is word about him is getting out. He's becoming popular. So these Greeks are here in Jerusalem, and they ask Philip, one of the disciples, they go up to him, in verse 21, and they request of him, and they say, Sir, we want to see Jesus. So they go up to one of the disciples, and these are Gentiles, and they're saying, we'd like to see Jesus Christ. We want to see this man. We keep, keep hearing all about. So look what Philip does here. Philip, you can tell, is a good Baptist, because I, I know what he did right here. <clears throat> you know, when you're asked to do something, you really don't really know, okay, is, should I do this, or should I get a second opinion? What does Philip do? He goes here, and he finds Andrew. And he says, hey, Andrew, let me talk to you real quick. There's these Greeks, they're Gentiles, they want to see Jesus. Do you think I should bring, bring them to Jesus? Like he's basically getting a second opinion. He's making sure, would Jesus go with this right here? Should we, should we um, double check? So Philip went and got Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip, basically after they decided, I think it's a good decision, this is a safe call, they went and told Jesus. Some guys who are from another country, want to see you. They're Gentiles. Jesus replied to them. This is an interesting reply. Look what he says here. Now, if someone wants to see you, do you answer this way? <clears throat> you send word back to them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. That's an interesting way to answer a question when someone's knocking on your door and saying, I'd like to visit such and such. Truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Now think about Peter, or think about Philip and Andrew. These guys just want to see Jesus, and Jesus is talking about the grain falling on the ground. It's like, look, I'm just, do you want to see him or not? And we're, we're, we're giving analogies of, of, and what Jesus is talking about here, he's talking about, Guys, I'm about to die, but those Greeks that want to see me, I'm about to die for them too. I'm drawing, I'm going to draw all these nations, the peoples, to myself. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it. If anyone, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I think what's powerful about this first section here, the nations are coming to Jesus. Jesus is drawing the people to himself. What's interesting about this, these Greeks, they did not know that Jesus was going to die on a cross. They believed that Jesus was a political figure. If you have your little handout here, what do we see in Jesus? He is not political. He's not political. The Greeks came to him because they thought this is going to be the next king of Israel. Our message we have is not a political message. Now, we go and vote on Tuesday. Do you know Tuesday was election day? School's out. That's how we know. And that means you get to go to the polls and vote. But when we go and cast our votes, we're not voting for Jesus. We're not voting for God. <clears throat> because the message of the gospel is not a political message. These men came to Jesus probably for the wrong reasons. They're interested in the message that he has. There's something about this man that draws all people 
to himself. They're approaching Philip, and they're approaching, and then Philip goes to Andrew to double-check it because there's this uncertainty about the attitude that Jesus would have to the Gentiles. They didn't know how he was going to respond. And Jesus' response is, hey, I'm about to die, and if you aren't selfish, if you aren't living for yourself, I'm going to the cross for you. So we learn here, this message we have, we have a sending God, and He's sending His Son to die for us. Keep going here in your Bibles. Next section here in the Scriptures we see here, it's going to be here in verses 27 through 33. And this is about Jesus, how He's going to be lifted up. This is the work that Jesus is going to do. Verse 27, Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But that is why I have come for this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now remember, this long answer that Jesus gave was just wanting to know if these Greeks can see you. We're just knocking on doors saying, hey, there's somebody who wants to see you, and I'm getting a speech. If you're asking somebody a question, you all might think of this of me, and you just want a yes or no answer, and you got a sermon. And so I just want a short answer, yes or no, we're going. You want to see the guy, just tell me, yay or nay. And like they brought their pulpit and said, let me tell you what I think. And that's probably somewhat of what Philip and Andrew thought here. But what I love about this is someone else starts to speak in this conversation. Now, I want you to understand what's happening here. Because this context should blow you all away. These Gentiles are coming to Philip, one of the twelve disciples, and wants to just see Jesus. Philip goes and double-checks with Andrew. And then they go say, hey, some Greeks would like to see you. Like, this is a simple little request. They just want to say hello, get an autograph. Like, just get a picture, put it on Facebook, we'll be happy. Move on. Hashtag, I was with Jesus. Something like that. That's all they're, they're wanting. But Jesus preaches a sermon to them, and then God speaks from heaven. Look at this. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Could you imagine Philip and Andrew are standing there and they're thinking, oh my goodness, we just, brought, we just brought a message that these guys want to see, now God is speaking from heaven. Like this is so much deeper than this is just the Greeks want to see you and get an autograph. God is confirming to His Son, my Son is going to die on a cross for all nations, for everyone. This is a radical idea because in Bible times right now, uh, this was a Jewish message. that we thought, They thought this was just a political message. But God is honoring His Son. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to Him. Jesus replied, This voice came not for me, but for you. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. That's a reference to the devil. He's the ruler of this world. As for me, I am lifted up. So let me read this again. Verse 32, this is the main verse I want us to look at. As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself, including the Greeks who were there knocking on the door wanting to see Jesus. He said this to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. Jesus' message 
and his purpose was to draw all people to himself. The gospel goes out to all people. There are people here in our community who are not in church. And the reason why they're not in church is because they are spiritually dead. They're lost. They're going to hell, the Bible says. They do not know the Lord. Jesus has not saved them. They have not accepted the free gift of salvation. They have not accepted the grace that Mary and Judy just sang about. They're lost. Jesus died for those people. Jesus has chosen to work through the local church. Did y'all know that? He established the church. The church is above any organization, any nonprofit organization, or any, actually all organizations except the institution of family and marriage on earth because it was established by Jesus. He came and certainly revealed to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Meaning, starting with you, Peter, and the book of Acts, when I ascend to heaven, the Holy Spirit's going to come right there in Jerusalem. It's just going to go out. And it's going to start with you, and you're going to preach a Pentecost sermon, and thousands of people are going to get saved and baptized. And it's the beginning and the birth of the church that, is, that continues today. Our church, what we do is our message draws people to Jesus. Everything we do here should be about honoring and pointing people to the Lord. Now, pull out your little handout here in your bulletin. I want you to look on the other side of it because... In two weeks, we are going to do something in our church that I believe will honor and advance the kingdom. Did you notice there's a bus about to fall off on the Harrisburg Road out here that has a big sign on it? Have you read the sign? The sign out there on our bus that's about to fly off, it says, starting June 2nd, the service times are going to change here. If you show up at 9.30, you'll be walking in in a sermon. If you show up at 10.45 in two weeks on June 2nd, you will be at church, and some of you need to do this, 24 minutes early. So you can go ahead and get a good pew if you show up at 10.45 in two weeks. I've got a great seat today. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm not sitting up front. I get to my back row back there. We are starting two worship services in two weeks. What that means is that's two opportunities for folks in our city with two different music types, two different kind of, I guess, I don't want to say brands, but two different images you will see at the 9 o'clock worship service. That's what we call the celebration worship service. Our choir and our orchestra will play. I will wear a shiny suit. It will be something that you're used to right now. This is more of what we have a celebration service. Sherry and I grew up in a church with a celebration service. You sing with the choir, you sing your hymns. You, for many of you, that is what we know. And that is a blessing. We love our celebration service. We don't want to use the word traditional because traditional sounds old. We use the word celebration. It's, we're celebrating the Lord at 9 o'clock. That's a one-hour service. And it's going to be a great service for you to attend. If you're going on a trip, you can come to church at 9 o'clock 
and then after church, you go on your trip. That way it's an early opportunity for you to go to worship. Do you know Lifeway did a study, and they surveyed America and found out the best worship time that Americans, if they could pick a Sunday morning time to go to church, do you know what time, the exact time they picked? 9 o'clock, because it gives you more time in the day. If you're a task-oriented person and you have stuff you need to do, you need to come to church at 9 o'clock, because you know it's going to end because we have Sunday school that starts at 10. Sunday school will follow right afterwards, and everyone needs to go to Sunday school, and that's your small group experience with our wonderful Sunday school hour. It will end at 11, so from Sunday school, it's from 10 to 11, then at 11.09. So you'll come back in here, and you will have the opportunity to see the Broadway worship band and the praise team in a more contemporary environment have a worship service. Now that service will probably won't be over about 12.20. So if you remember, if you're wanting an early seat at the restaurant, the 9 o'clock service is for you. But if you're a laid-back person, say, hey, I have no money to eat, so I'll just go to church all day. <clears throat> and I'll have their donuts downstairs. So I'll eat at the church for breakfast. And I'll, just, I'll eat the leftover donuts afterwards for lunch. So that's, that service is for you. So in two weeks, you and your family, y'all need to decide... Which service am I going to attend? The sermon will be the same. Be the exact same message. Now it's going to look different. Set's going to be a look. I'll be dressed different, but it will be the same. Now what all this entails is when we start two services, this affects all of us here. Look at this list here. There's a couple of things I need help with. Did you know rerun a bus? Did you know you can call the church office and Wayne and Ann Cowan here on the back row. Y'all raise your hand back there. Wayne and Ann right there. They got premium seats back there in the back pew. They go around and pick people up right now at 9 o'clock. And they bring them at Sunday school at 9.30. Well, they sing in the choir. They, David wants choir here like 8.30, 8.40. So they're not going to be able to pick up people for the 9 o'clock service. If you know for a fact you're going you're to be coming to church at 11.09, that means we're going to be running the bus at 9.15, 9.30 now. The bus, bus pickup will be actually a little bit later because we'll be running the bus before Sunday school. So you bring folks to Sunday school, and then they can stay for the 1109 service, and then you bring them home. Our bus is right there. It's not the big 40-passenger bus with a sign on it. It's the 15-passenger bus. You do not need a CDL to drive. I need someone to drive that bus. Wayne and Ann will show you your route. They will show you what to do, and they'll teach you how to drive a bus. So that's an area we need help with right now. Our donut ministry. Our donut ministry goes right now before Sunday school to, um, uh, really, I guess even after the service. Now that's going to be with a 9 o'clock service. That ministry can thrive. Drex Kemplin heads up that ministry. We need help in that area. Donut ministry probably kicks off at 8.15, 8.30 in the morning, and it'll go all the way to 12.15 or 12.30, whenever, service, whenever the second service ends. So that donut ministry also kind of turns into lunch ministry. So you just go down there, and those early warm donuts become, you know, older donuts at lunchtime. But that is an area you can step up and serve. I want you to look at this. From nursery workers to children's church, you look at this and say, could I help my church, the church that Jesus died for, the church that wants to draw all people to himself, could I pass out bulletins?
Could I clean the pews between services? And after service, pews are trash. Somebody has to go through, spend 10 minutes, and pick up old bulletins and coffee mugs. Could I serve on the sound and video team? Everything is just doubled for them. This week, I want you to take this. This is how you honor the Lord. You take this and look at these names here. Lord, how can I serve at my church? Jesus, you established the church. It's above any or other organization. You work through a local church to see folks saved. I want to see Broadway succeed in reaching all ages. I want to see two services thrive here. How can I serve in that? I want you to prayerfully consider looking at ways. There is no reason for folks to miss church anymore. If you serve at the children's ministry at 9 o'clock service, you can come to church at 1109. If you come to, plan on coming to church at 1109, you can serve in the nursery at 9 o'clock. There's opportunities for everyone. I share all this because Jesus says, I will draw all people to myself. We have a plan here at Broadway Baptist Church that God is going to bring folks to our church. I know this will work. Listen, you pray about something, you plan for something, you trust God with something, I promise the Lord will honor it. There's no reason both our 9 o'clock and our 1109 services should be packed with folks worshiping and praising the Lord. No reason at all that shouldn't happen. Men, we need more ushers at both services. We need more door openers. Every time you walk in this church, somebody should be opening the door for you. Then you walk upstairs, they're putting a bullet in your hand. So you're greeted twice. We just basically are multiplying everything we're doing. You want to serve in this church. You write your name down, you hand it to me, or you find, um, find Wayne Cowan, let him know you drive the bus. You find someone in that ministry who says, here, I'm here to help. I want, I want to be a part of what God's doing. I'm inviting you this morning to honor the Lord so we can see more folks saved so that Jesus is lifted up and He's going to draw people to our church. The church that's prepared for the people, God brings the people. You plan to succeed. If you plan to fail and you don't plan for anybody to come, God, they won't come. They won't. Anyway, move along in your Bible. John chapter 12. Keep going here in your scriptures. Now look what happens here. Verse 34. Last section we're going to read. Then the crowd replied to him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? They just they don't understand. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're thinking a political Jesus. They're thinking this man is going to be the next king of Israel in the line of David. And that's not, of course, what Jesus is talking about. And then look at the question the crowd asked. Now remember, the crowd is asked. We know the crowd's talking from verse 34. Look at this. Do not miss this in verse last sentence of verse 34. So they're asked a question. How, 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 Jesus, how do you mean the Son of Man is going to be lifted up? And they say, Who is this Son of Man? Who is this Son of Man? Who is Jesus? Do you know that question is being still asked today? Here in Lexington, here are your neighbors and your co-workers. Here in the neighborhood behind us, 
They are asking, who is Jesus? Who is the Son of Man? That is a question from a lost person. Someone who does not know the Lord is asking, who is Jesus? Who answers that question? Jesus answers it. Who answers it today? We answer it. Our responsibility. If you're a born-again believer, your responsibility is to tell people who is Jesus. You're answering that question. The way you act, the way, the why you go to church, why you give, why you go, why you put your life into what you're doing for the Lord and you're pointing people to Jesus, you're constantly answering the question, who is Jesus? That's the question they're answering. Jesus answered the question right away. If there's a question you need to be prepared to answer, it's this one. He answers, the light will be with you only a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. Who is Jesus? He's saying, I'm the light. It's me. In an indirect way, because you know, he's got people there with stones that are all ready to kill Jesus. So he has to be careful how he answers the question. But he said, the light, meaning me, is only going to be with you a little longer. Meaning I'm about to die. But we point people to this man who says, you walk with the light. While you have the light, believe in the light so you may become children of light. When someone is saved, they become literally, the Bible says, a child of God. They move from, as the Bible says here, being in this darkness that has overtaken them. And they meet this man who's lifted up. And they see the cross. And they believe in that cross. The man who's lifted up. And the Bible says they shift over here to becoming children of light. Guys, this is the gospel. This is the message we proclaim. This is why Broadway Baptist does all this stuff we do. We're taking people who've been overtaken by darkness. The words of Jesus. He used that word. And they lift it up and they see this man. And they answer the question, who is that son of man? Who is the son of God? Who is Jesus? And they point them to the light of Jesus. They receive him and they become children of the light. Or that is a child of God. After he proclaimed the gospel to him here at the very end of verse 36, Jesus said to them, or Jesus said this, and he went away and hid from them. What an interesting way to preach a sermon. He went and hid. And he got out of there. The reason why he had to hid is because this was probably occurred on a Sunday. And he had to die on Friday. And he didn't need the Pharisees arresting him a few days early to be crucified. Because he was scheduled to die by the Lord on Good Friday. On Friday. This is the gospel here we proclaim. And we tying all this together. What happens here? The message we have is we are to respond, we are to point people in responding to Jesus' sacrifice. So what do we see in Jesus? Back on your little handout here, he's not political. That's what the Greeks thought. He's coming to honor another. That means he's honoring the Lord. That's what he's doing. Our lives, we honor Jesus. We honor God with our life. And that's what we do through serving the Lord. And number three, he's coming for who? For you. Jesus came for you. Jesus came for our city. Jesus came for the Greeks, which represents the world. And there's a question here on this handout. 
how can I or how am I honoring God? How are you honoring God? One of the ways we honor God is we serve through our local church. We give to our local church. We, we give to a mission. We give to something greater than us. These high school graduates, these three high school graduates that are up there earlier, how exciting is it for them? Ten years from now, they'll be almost 30 years old. They'll be at the age that Kurt Cobain was when he committed suicide. But instead of them going around addicted to drugs and living a lifestyle that is the exact opposite of the Lord, ten years from now, a decade later, they will be honoring the Lord. They will be living for the Lord. And you say, well, where did they learn that from? They learned it from a church. They learned it from a Sunday school teacher. They learned it from a youth pastor and a college minister that taught them the Word of God. We instruct and we have a message of teaching about a man who is lifted up, who draws all people to himself, so that when they're almost 30 years old, they're now telling their friends about Jesus, and they're in their local church serving and teaching others about the Lord. The message we have should be honoring God. What the work you're doing should be honoring the Lord. Jesus is coming for you. He's lifted up on a cross, Broadway Baptist. We are to respond to Him. We're going to have our Lord's Supper this morning. I'm going to invite our deacons at this time to come forward. The Lord's Supper is a time for self-reflection. This is a time that you're to look at your life and say, Lord, is my life honoring you? Am I serving in my church? Have I accepted what you did on the cross for me when you were lifted up. The Lord's Supper is for believers. If you're saved and you've been a saved, born-again, baptized believer, this is your opportunity for you to identify with Jesus' blood and Jesus' body. That's what the juice and the bread represent. Jesus was lifted up for us. So we're going to observe at this time the Lord's Supper.
speaking, y'all may be seated. During the time of the Lord's Supper, Jesus observed this on the night before he was crucified. He observed it with his disciples there in what we call the upper room in the scriptures. And it says he picked up this piece of bread, this final meal he had with his disciples, and he prayed over his bread. So we want to pray over this bread. Lord, we know this bread here is representative of your body. It represents on the life that you gave and you were lifted up on a cross so we could be saved. Lord, I pray that we examine our life and not only that, how we're using our life to honor you. Lord, in everything we do, how we serve in our church, we are to honor you in our, with, with our service. And Lord, we thank you that you gave your life for us. You served us. We serve you. We thank you for this bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After Jesus picked up the bread, next he then picked up the cup with his disciples. So, uh, deacons, I'm going to ask y'all to stand up.
y'all may be seated. At the Lord's Supper, Jesus picked up the cup there after the bread, and he explained it that it represents his blood. This blood or this cup here represents Jesus' blood. Why his blood? Because he shed his blood on a cross for us. That's why it's so significant that we remember. We do the Lord's Supper not because we think it's interesting and neat. We do it because Jesus told us in Luke chapter 19, this do in remembrance of me. So we remember the Lord when we come together of what the, the price he paid on the cross for us as believers. He picks up the cup and he prays over it. Lord, we thank you for this cup. We know this cup represents your blood. Your blood on a cross, your blood as a sacrifice for us. Lord, we pray we will honor and never forget you that you died for us. It cost God stepping out of heaven so we can go to heaven. Lord, we thank you for your cup and your blood you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Bible says, after they had the Lord's Supper there, they sang a hymn. We are going to close our service with a hymn of invitation. I want you to respond to God. God came to sacrifice, we are to respond to him. So we're going to stand together and sing. We close every service, so this is an opportunity for you to make a decision, to join Broadway Baptist Church. I'll be standing down front. You come forward and come speak to me about your decision. David? Just as I am without hope, but that thy blood was shed. 